Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudon, and of course, joined by the two greatest co-hosts in the world. First off, we can't see him, but we get the soft, velvety tones of his voice. Mr. Zach Sneeze. Zach, how are you, sir? Hey, Phoenix. I'm doing great, man. Unfortunately, I had my webcam go out right before the call, so <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate, but I'm excited to talk with you guys about the movie. And uh, just have a good discussion today. I think so. Uh, we are, of course, joined by our season three co-breaking champion, the one and only Sir Brandon. How are you, sir? Man, I am good, Phoenix. It is good to be back on here. Um, I'm excited to be talking about uh, this upcoming movie that we're going to be discussing. Um, man, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And, right? Yeah, we what do we have? A couple week hiatus coming up because I think you're going to TIFF, right? That is true. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. We'll uh, we'll get to that in a second. Because um, just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, uh, this is a um, this is a, a film or a recording during the SAG and writer strike. Um, so we decided to not review uh, any current releases until um, these companies and corporations decide to pay their writers and screen actors uh, fairly uh, and better. So uh, we decided to make the decision to not cover any newer movies and uh, just go back and cover a lot of some older movies. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, Phoenix, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm excellent. <laughs> and especially excellent because of the movie that we are discussing today, which is... The Truman Show, 1998, directed by Peter Weir, uh, starring, of course, Jim Carrey, uh, Laura Linney, Noah Emmerich, Natasha McElhorn, uh, Holland Taylor. Really, really strong cast. Paul Giamatti's in here as well, as long with, along with uh, Ed Harris. Uh, this is the story of Truman Burbank, who was an experiment. <laughs> He was a child, and he was taken by by these, this company, and the idea was he would live his life under the under a camera, and his whole life would be broadcasted to the world twenty four hours a day, without his knowledge. <laughs> so you had his his family, his friends, everyone is actors portraying you know helping him tell the story of his quote-unquote life uh this movie came out before the idea of reality tv even became a thing and now it's kind of prophetic in that sense when you you see the kind of reality tv shows that we have today um this was my first time ever seeing uh the truman show uh what about you guys? Have, had you seen this before? Or was this a first time viewing for you as well? This was a third time viewing for me. I um, I don't remember the exact date I watched it the first time, but I watched it a couple years ago, and I was just I was just mesmerized by it. Um, 
And then I was just I was sitting at home one day. I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I've seen The Truman Show. Threw it on. I'm like, awesome. Still a great movie. And then uh, in preparation for our recording here, I uh, decided to go and rewatch it. Nice. And Zach, this was your first time? Yes, this was my was my first viewing. I've heard a lot about it uh, prior to watching it. But yes, this for me would be my first viewing. Nice. All right. So yeah, for for the most part, pretty pretty new to this. The, like I've wanted to see this movie forever, but I just never I don't know never got around to it. And of course, I'm a you know a, speaking of one movie that is is currently out and doing very well, Barbie. I'm a big Barbie fan, huge Barbie fan. I'm obsessed with it. And Greta Gerwig had a, a movie watch list of like all the movies that inspired Barbie. The Truman Show was one of them. It was literally the first film I watched <laughs> from her watch list because I've wanted to see it for so long. So I I've, I got around to it. it was the first film I watched, and I was just mesmerized by it. Like it is, it's one of the most creative, but also one of the darkest films I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and like that balance that it has is insane, and how well it's carried and. Jim Carrey, like, we'll get into it a little bit, but, like, Jim Carrey, known for comedies, right? Known for some really, some some of the funniest comedies I think I've ever seen in my life, between The Mask and Liar Liar and stuff like that. But, like, he's he's got a great dramatic side, and when he he's able to tap into that, you have some of his best performances of all time. This, for the longest time, was considered one of his best performances uh, performances and one of the best films he's done and so like i said i was very uh highly anticipated looking into it uh and and i came away pretty satisfied so uh real quick non-spoiler uh brandon what did you think now on your third viewing of of the truman show yeah like i to me i think this film is just perfect um and it's tough to dive into this movie without talking spoilers. But I will say is multiple viewings are required on this film. Just to, there's so many things that you'll pick up on the more you rewatch it, um, and just it, it just it adds so much more like love and appreciation to the film for me personally. So I'm really excited to uh, dive into spoilers. Zach, what about you? Uh, you know, for me. I, I, like I was telling you guys before the podcast, like, I felt like there was a lot of hype behind it. Every person who I talked to about the Truman Show was, like, overly explaining how great the movie is. So I had extremely high expectations for it. And for me, a lot of the emotional moments didn't hit. I don't agree with Brandon. I don't think it's that deep. Um, I think it's a great movie. It, like, I really enjoyed it. I think it's not just a mid movie either. I think it is great, but I just don't think it's this perfect thing that people make it out to be. I, my first time watching, I will agree with you there, Zach. Um, I think I gave it a four stars my first time watching and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, nothing special. But, um, like I said, the more I rewatched it, I think the, the better appreciation I got. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you, maybe it might change if you if you end up rewatching it. Who knows? Um, 
yeah, I, I've only seen this movie once, and and I did not have the hype that uh, Zach Zach had behind it. For me, it was just I'd always just wanted to see the movie, right? And because like I don't know why, but like this movie's kind of weird in my life, where it's like at random points and times I'll just see advertisements for it or like screenshots from it like it's kind of been chasing me this entire time and like you know like watch me watch me already and i'm like okay like to finally get the opportunity to to check it out and you know without any of the hype and it resonated with me on first viewing like like it might yeah i think brandon's right you could learn more from it from um you know repeated viewings but for me, it stuck the landing like immediately on first viewing, uh, because, and I think it's because I've like we've grown up in this sort of reality TV kind of sphere that, and and this movie being like before that, you kind of see elements of how we do reality TV now in this movie, and you're like, oh, like. And me personally, I'm I, I hate reality TV. I think it's the worst thing that we do <laughs> as a as a as a species and as a culture. I think it's absolutely awful. But that being said, like I I just got it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like right right off the bat, I just got it. And 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 I think what really makes it strong is it's it's a screenplay and it's acting. And its direction, because uh, Peter Weir does some really impressive things, I think, throughout this movie. Um, so, overall, I was just, it stuck the landing for me, first viewing. I, I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> I think it's just, it's really one of those films that has a place in, like, the zeitgeist, kind of forever. I, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, can we finally break the seal of spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Finally. Um, okay, man, right off the bat, um, just noticing how many different cameras there are. There's yeah. just, it's insane. Like, I, I hate to keep using the term the more I rewatch it, but like, every viewing, I notice more and more cameras. His ring is a camera, uh, his wife Meryl's necklace is a camera. Um, just all over the street. There's cameras. There's so much product placement, dude. Man, the, <laughs> the product placement—it's just ridiculous. Like, imagine living your life and you just see, you, you just see your wife being like, "I just got this new knife from the grocery store. A, a three-in-one dishwasher safe." Like, I'd be, I'd be so thrown off. I like it's interesting to me that you bring that up too, because that's that's one of the more haunting aspects of this movie for me. <laughs> Is like because they can't run regular commercials, right? So they, you got to think like advertisers are like, hey, this thing is always on. Can you put our product in your show? How do you do that? You have to have the actors promote certain products, right? Mm-hmm. And like, like, and they like that they have to do it in this sort of phony, sort of stage rehearsed way. And it's so it's so creepy. It's so disgusting. Like like again, like it's it's kind of horror. Like it's kind of like a horror movie. But then again, with that mindset of hey, 
knowing what reality TV is. Like, it's basically that. And so, like, it just grossed me out every time it happened. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like, even when, um, like, just from the time where Marlon would walk into the house, like, holding a six-pack of beer and, like, the, the, mm-hmm. the beer product little logo would be facing the camera. And he'd be, like, taking a sip. No, that's a beer. And yeah. Stuff like that. Just... Oh. It's just it blows my. You, you really it really just like messes with you, man. Like you're like, oh my god, like is this guy ever not gonna like have products thrown in his face? Like even when he's walking to work, the um the the twin brothers that he does business with, they shove him up against the wall, and there's like like there's one promoting chicken, uh, there's one promoting like a travel agency. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but that's why they throw him up against the wall so that the camera can get a shot mm-hmm. of the, the advertiser. <laughs> I, I hate that's to- pretty funny. <laughs> it's, it's, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate to bring this up now because it's such a huge moment in the film. Is when um, Truman's like literally having a mental breakdown. And and she's like, why don't you fi- let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? Oh. All natural sweetener, all, all natural cocoa beans from, uh, from not Nicaragua, no artificial sweeteners. Like, who? He's like, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? It's 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 one of my favorite moments in the movie because like, I think anybody would react that way and and like. Anybody react to you like that? They'd be like, "The hell are you talking about?" Right. Like, but, like that. That's the moment where it becomes so like blatant and obvious. Like that's like if they had put like like a, a horror movie like uh, string score like behind it, it would have it would have perfectly fit oh, because 100%. that's like that's how creepy it was. And like up until that moment. You realize how subtle the advertising is, but that's the moment where it's like, no, why don't mm-hmm. you try this? <sighs> and it's yeah. so like, <laughs> like her eyes bulge out. Like it does like a slow zoom in on her. It's like, it's so creepy mm-hmm. that like, even he's like, wait, hold on. What's happening right now? <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, like it, it, and I love that. I love how well they do that. Like, it's crazy. The amount of, uh, of scenes where like, where he that he he just keeps catching people slipping up, mm-hmm. or he's becoming more self aware to where he's able he's he catches them in the act basically, like just even from the beginning with the with the stage light falling, but it's crazy how they try to cover cover things up like like crazy like you had the uh, the stage light falling he's confused about it and over the radio as he drives into work <laughs> the radio announcer's like oh yeah a, a plane lost some debris. overhead yeah that was that was one of my favorite things is how the radio would constantly explain away like weird events (laughs) like that in the newspapers right right yeah the newspaper like like when his um i i i'm burning through all the scenes of the movie but like there's so much to talk about here um when he sees his dad like he runs into his dad um on the street Mm -hmm. the very next day on the newspaper says who needs the homeless? The mayor uh, uh, vows to clean up all homelessness from the streets. Right, right. Yeah, they just find interesting ways to sort of hide what they're doing. And, like, to me, oh, God, again, it's just so disgusting. Like, but 
I think what's what I like about it is it's both prophetic in the in the um, way it talks about reality TV, but it's also metaphorical in as in a way talking about God, right? Like even at the end, um, and I hate to skip all the way to the end right here, but like when Ed Harris finally speaks to him, right? It's like you know he he, he sounds like God, like he's like he's talking about how. I followed you my your entire life. I know who you are as a person and and what you'll become and all of that stuff like and it's like it's sort of metaphorical in that sense where it's like think of everything that you're doing as a person God is really the one who's putting his hands in everything and and making sure that you go this way instead of that way or you know what I'm saying something like that. So it's it's metaphorical in that sense that it's like it's a it's a guy random guy who's in control of this guy's entire life and viewing it but it's also like saying like yeah that's that's sort of what god is doing to all of us but i i I thought that was just unique Mm -hmm. i um i'm and i'm skipping ahead here too i really like the ending though where it ends with him saying and if i don't see you good (laughs) afternoon good evening and good night and then I love how everyone's cheering at the end and then they're like clapping and celebrating. They're like, I want to watch TV next. Yeah. They're like, now what? Right. Oh man. You don't do that. Like, 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 do you guys think like, this would be a good, this would be a good question to throw on, uh, on YouTube shorts. Um, do you guys think that the, the line, if I don't see you good afternoon, good evening, good and good night. Do you think that was created by somebody saying that to him, or do you think he thought of that on his own? Do you think that line was fed to him as a, a little catchphrase? Mm. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Uh, do you have an answer, Brandon? I I personally think it was just based on of everything that was kind of like fed to him throughout his life. Um, just like he's he was fed. I'm sorry. Stupid Siri, shut up. <laughs> my, my, my little Siri activated on my watch. Um, I'm telling you, like, seriously, though, like, I literally think not a single thing that he says or does up until this part, like, we reach his, this part of, uh, of timeline in the film, I think he kind of just goes with everything, and everything is, like, fed to him. Just based off of him making decisions on anything else. They they try to control his thought process on everything. They 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 put the sunken ship in there uh, on the little on the little dock as he tries to go on the boat. He try, they they throw a dog whenever he wants to walk on the pier. They they literally have his father quote die in a storm mm-hmm. to keep him from wanting to go out in the ocean again. Um, driving on bridges, they have this little this little warning message that says you are now leaving. Um, uh, what is the name of the town? It's like something island. Yeah, something yeah. island. I can't remember. But it's like you are leaving so and so. Are you sure you really want to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, I think what they are showing in that is like how, um, you know, programming works overall from a corporate perspective. See here. Right? Like they're able to manipulate things by putting subtle things in there that alter the way that you view and see things. Mm-hmm. So 
I think that was a great way that they did that, where they really do show, hey, these little things in people's lives can make them think or feel a certain way. Yeah. Or even say certain things. Yeah. It's it's even the, um, like, when he goes to the travel agency to book that flight to Fiji, and um, that they have that little poster on the side that has, like, literally a strike of, like, lightning striking a, a plane. And it's like, this could happen to you. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, that poster in the background, like, there's a couple of posters where, oh, like, yeah. like, everything, like, you're 100% right. Like, the mix, not even the mixed messaging, like, the, the psychological messaging that is, is put out there between the radio, the newspaper, and just every sign there is that's, like, saying don't leave, you can't leave, you don't want to, you know, you'll die if you leave. Like, it, it, it's all there. And, like, it's so, like, as, as interesting and, and funny as this movie is, especially in certain parts, uh, psychologically, this is a horror film. <laughs> like, like, this is a true horror film because not only, like, think of the invasion of privacy, that this movie like details and like not only do you have such an invasion of privacy uh it's not to one person it's to the world like the entire world has seen your life like ugh, you know what i'm saying like it's disgusting like and it's just it's so creepy and like on top of on top of the the metaphor that i mentioned earlier like the allegory that this this movie sort of uh, points to. There's another allegory there where, like, think of how television manipulates, you know, people's habits and and behaviors. Right. That's another thing that this character, uh, Ed Harris's character, is is kind of doing to not just not just um, Truman, but to everybody who's watching his show. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's programming them to expect certain things from this character mm-hmm. so like it, it's it's crazy that Kristoff just put all this in just like it, it's crazy the links he goes yeah but um I want to talk about a couple slip ups that like that I visibly noticed that and I they don't really make much mention of it um the scene where he goes to the travel agency and you see um, the travel agent lady who's played by um, uh, Judy Clayton. Oh, we lost Phoenix. Nope, I'm here. <clears throat> oh, uh, okay. It just says your internet was bad. Um, Judy Clayton, her character, she plays the travel agent. And uh, she's running in the room because Truman doesn't really announce that he's going to the travel agency. He just kind of shows up there. Um, and then she runs in the room and she's like, sorry about your weight. She's still wearing her makeup bib. Because she was still getting make it, hair and makeup done, and she she quickly realizes it and she throws it off. Wait, when was this? When he remember when he go he after he visits tries to see his wife in the hospital he goes to the travel agency um, to go yeah. to try and book a flight to Fiji, and uh, the travel agent lady runs in. She's like, "Oh, sorry about your weight and all that," and she's still wearing her hair and makeup bib. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, dude, I, I'm telling you, there's so many things, like, noticing, like, 
also, since it's an artificial sun, artificial light, artificial heat, they make him take vitamin D every morning. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Um, there's a there's a point in the film where where Meryl's like, "Oh, don't forget to take your vitamin D." So, like, it's just it's all these little things like that just kind of add up, and it's just. But going back to slip ups here, there's that. There's a stage light falling. Uh, the radio is a, the radio changing to um, them talking about him turning on different streets. That's a big. That's a big notice. Um, <laughs> Him walking in the elevator it turns out to be a bre- like a break room, in a sense. You're right, you're right. There's, yeah. yeah, there's there's so many clever, clever details put in this movie. Like that, yeah, like that definitely give it away. And it's so funny seeing how like how many times they slip up and like how it's excused and and ways the ways they try to sneak around it. And it's just, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about this particularly, uh, which I, I think is interesting. Um, Jim Jim Carrey is such a good comedic actor, right? And for like, I want to say like the first hour of this movie, he's he's doing his usual stick, right? Like Jim Carrey's doing his usual stick. He's 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 you know using his facial expressions. He's you know really kind of like laying into the the comedic aspect that that he's normally good at and it isn't until like those slip-ups become uh consistent right where he starts to feel like he's losing his mind right and you start to see him you know he he doesn't he doesn't you go for his like typical antics, right? His typical goofy antics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it's such an impressive performance in my mind because you you take someone who's so known for really kind of outlandish comedy, and you put that character in an outlandish situation, and you realize how he has to strip all of that back and 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 try to accept some sense of normalcy mm-hmm. and i think that is done so incredibly well with jim I, I think he he does an amazing job delivering that kind of performance especially for someone who was so known for doing something so different 100 percent. like and it's it's horrifying the more he becomes self-aware yeah yeah. Um, man, the scene where, like, I, I know a lot of people perceive this as, like, he's crying because his dad is back. The scene where his dad returns, like, they do this whole, like, build-up moment where he's hugging his dad. He's not crying because his dad is back. He's crying because everything that his entire 30 years of existence has all been a lie. Hmm. And that that's the most horrifying part to me. Like, that's what's so, I guess sad about it is like he he fully realizes okay i need to get the hell out of here it's interesting to me that scene because yeah like he's been traumatized from this incident uh in his in his youth that's kind of kept him uh stuck in this place then his father returns and also i want to point out the way that they like that particular scene 
the way that they uh make it for television so it's like oh bring in the music you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh bring the camera this way like keep the brain cam right right disgusting just disgusting but <laughs> but um I think the significance of that scene is really good because it leads to the final scene where he goes when he finally realizes all of this is planned all of this is orchestrated pretty much my my entire existence has been you know conceived of so nothing he does matters mm-hmm. at yeah. that moment and so i think it's so interesting when he finally decides to leave he's like nothing you could do will will stop me <laughs> like at that point like you could you could bring on the thunder the rain literally nothing because at this point you just when his dad comes back you you've taken away the one thing that was keeping him there and and as you continue to slip up now he's he's becoming more self-aware and understanding that this is not a this is not a real world and this is not a real life mm-hmm, and right. I, I no longer want any more parts of it and so i think that scene was very significant especially as it relates to the ending and like i like at the moment when he decides to to leave i was like everybody in the in the who was watching it was just like come on dude do it let's do it let's do it and then when he finally leaves my heart sank because the realization is everyone knows who you are bro <laughs> like like everyone knows who you are how do you live a normal life like it's impossible mm-hmm. i'm like so i'm like i i feel like his his life goes one of two ways either one he's a hermit for the rest of his life or two like he doesn't live very long you know what i'm saying so i'm like i'm like cuz how do you how do you compartmentalize the 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 fact that everything that you've lived for 30 some odd years was c- constructed by a television crew and how do you accept a reality in which now you don't have that protection and you and you and you're the most famous face in the world. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I would be distraught. Or he he'd also have to be in therapy for the rest of his life. <laughs> here's yeah. how here's how I I'm doing a little headcanon here because they leave the entire ending up with your interpretation. So this is how I expect his future. I this is how I view his future. He marries Sylvia, gets a boatload of money. Oh, one, yeah. off a, one off a lawsuit and two, all the royalties he's owed. Oh, yeah. They move to Fiji. They live a quiet life. That's the happier ending. I, I think that's the happier, more optimistic ending. My my worry is them getting to that point because I know court cases take forever. So, like, them getting to that point, it should be a speedy trial, bro. Like, you, you took me as a baby I did not consent to this mm-hmm. for thirty some odd years. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the lack of privacy, the money that he's owed should be in the billions. Like should be in the billions. Yeah. So yeah, you can move to Fuji, live your normal life. That would be ideal. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just think the the tragedy, the 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 psychosis, because it's not just your friends were all you know fake. Your parents were in on this. The mm-hmm. people who literally gave you life were also in on this. So it's like 
you have no one to, you know what I'm saying, no one to really rely on, depend on anything. And everybody else who you would meet knows you from television. <laughs> so again, you're like, you, you have no real confidants or anything other than Sylvia. And that's it. And you know, you know, the terrifying part of that is like, she is literally the only person that's real to him that he can talk to. Like even moving forward of like, mm-hmm. when he's walking down the street, Oh my God, it's Truman. Hi Truman. Can I get a exactly. picture of you? Exactly. Like you're a celebrity in everybody else's eyes. She's the only one that sees you as a person. Is there a mm-hmm. dollar figure you guys could put on your own life to have that be your life? No, nope. <laughs> nope. no, not even. I mean, what's like, the, what's the point of having all that money if you if you're stuck in a fake world? Yeah, like. Well, yeah. May, okay, but let's take away the fake world aspect. Just your day to day life, where there's a camera on you twenty four seven. Yeah, there is not a number. Nope. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm not a fan of reality TV. Like, I don't care how much money you put at that. I never want to have that experience at all. Is there a number for you, Zach? Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I mean, I think there's a trade off and a very fine line to walk. Uh, I don't really necessarily. I mean, if I was given a billion dollars, I wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> You know what's you know what's you know, even if I was getting half a million, I mean, or not half a million, sorry, half a half a billion, sorry, not half a million, five hundred k, not enough for the rest <laughs> of your life. It was at five hundred mm. mil. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope. Like, still, I, I, can't. I think I think the money would be nice, but like the the one thing is is like if I did it. It would be for a extremely limited time. <laughs> like I'm talking, like maybe ninety days. Like I couldn't sure. even make it that far. Like, and I doubt I would would make it either. <laughs> like, but like, but like, but the number got to be high. Like, it's got to be high. And like, seriously, that's my limit. Like ninety days. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And even then, I'd probably be like, you know what? No, never mind. Screw the money. Because because you're gonna like. Yeah, I'll do it for 90 days, but you'll air it for 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, n- no, like, no, I don't need that in my life. I just, I, no, I'm okay. <laughs> you, you know what's um, frightening? Speaking of like just personal life, of like, let's just say, like, they, they do, they make a mention of this in the film. It's just like, you're in the throes of passion with your significant other. And they make a mention of it, like, oh, they're like, oh, yeah, they'll cut to a curtain or something. Till it's over, so they don't really show you anything, and that they that le- that leads to the question of like they were talking about wanting to have them have Truman and Merrill have a kid, mm-hmm. and here is the most frightening thing mm-hmm. because there's a deleted scene which I'm not I'm confused as to why it was deleted, but it makes sense in the pacing of the film, and I don't know if Phoenix has seen it. I know Zach hasn't. There's a scene. Well, they're doing they're in this roundtable meeting talking about what's next for the whole Truman Show, and it's talking about Meryl leaving because of the whole uh, mental stress that's caused her. About it's, this is like right after um, the whole dad returns and all that, mm-hmm. uh, and after she leaves him, 
they talk about bringing a new character onto the scene, which is that new that that new desk lady that they brought in. Now it's going to be. He was like, "Oh yeah, this is your new coworker. You guys are going to be uh, desk mates mm-hmm. or neighbors." And that was a, that was supposed to be the new forced love interest for Truman. The plan was to have them have a kid together, and the camera would forever be like there would be a new channel for the kid. Where it's fingers oh. on him forever too, and oh. and Marlon even asked the question. He's like, he's like, so when this is over, when when Truman dies eventually, it's over, right? And Kristoff doesn't answer. Oh. So like that's like that's freaking terrifying, dude. Um, that entire scenario is is. Awful and like it's very interesting too because they were talking about Truman and Merrill having kids and I'm like, so if she's an actress, right? Are they are they paying she gets her paid to, very well? Yeah, I was gonna say because they're paying her to sleep with him too as well, and then they're I'm she's gonna allow him to impregnate her too, and then they'll have an actual kid. Like, for this show? Like, really? Like, and I think, and this is my guess. This is just my guess. I think what they would have really done is they would have pretended that she got pregnant, and then they would have had another kid sort of, I guess, brought into this world uh, as as Truman's kid, and, and that would have been that. So, like, she wouldn't have actually had to go through that process. That's my guess. Because that's each scenario is dark, but like that one's slightly darker. I mean, slightly less dark than than her actually getting impregnated and and having a kid for a tele for a television show. That that's that's disgusting. But even still, like the other scenarios, pretty pretty gross in itself. But it's a little less less gross than that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's just it's such a terrifying thought to really like kind of fathom. Is just that like your kid would also have a twenty four seven camera on him. Yeah, and his life would be followed the entire time. Yeah. And it's like even Marlin realizes like yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, this whole scenario is pretty. <laughs> pretty pretty messed up like mm-hmm. like like I, i'm sure in the beginning it was a solid concept and, and i'm sure the money that you were making made it tolerable but after i mean 30 years i would have gotten i would have gotten a conscious you yeah. know and, and like even marlin because like marlin's been on the show since he was a kid too they were like i've been i've been your best friend since uh, however long i've known you mm-hmm and like, like it's you know it's uh, um it's while we're talking about Marlon being on a show forever too. There's a um, there's a scene where they're they're talking about oh remember you got pneumonia and you had to leave for uh, you weren't you had to be out of school for a month. They were on a he he went on he went on a real vacation, dude. That yeah. guy got written out for a month. He went on vacation for a month <laughs> with his real family, no cameras. Yeah. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, you're good. Okay, sorry, I dropped off for a second, but what I was going to say, I mean, the, when it, when, Brandon, when you were mentioning the part 
about how there was a deleted scene and like they're talking about making a spinoff of the kid's life. I mean, if you guys really think about it, I mean, it's a, it's not as insane, but right, like the Kardashians, like their family life, like mm-hmm. their kids are going to be involved in that for the rest of their lives. No matter how far they try to get away from it, they're going to be involved in some way, shape or form, which, you know, really is just sad to like think about the fact that you can be born into something where your life is not private. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like it's so twisted. And um, I want to point out, like, Peter Weir didn't write this. Andrew Nichol wrote this movie. And, and I think he wrote, um, I feel like he wrote the, uh, I don't know if it's a book or something, but, like, yeah. So, yeah, dude, dude's a pretty good um, uh, screenwriter. And he's got a couple of other other films that he he did as well. Uh, Simone, which uh, I don't know if you guys are seeing, Simone is is sort of another take on television and and the idea of creating something that's not real and putting it in the real world. So uh, yeah, that he's he's a really good writer when it comes to those types of stories. But to me, what I think is the most impressive part of this this screenplay is the details, right? The subtle details that, you know, you, you kind of notice on second and third viewings and like really how detailed it is that for, for the television purposes and so many of the creative uh, details in, in how these characters speak to him and how they would normally speak in real life is still like, so unique, but like to me, the horror aspect is the strongest element of this of this film, and just how uncomfortable and unsettling this all really is, especially once uh, Truman figures it all out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's the entire thing of it is just insane to think about. Like when you look at it, and I don't know if you guys have like heard about like where people have Truman Show syndrome where they think they're actually like where they <laughs> think they have 24-7 cameras on them and everything's out to get them but like it's kind of you can kind of see it in like your normal day-to-day life like when you're driving like there'll be random people like causing you to be late to something causing you to be stuck mm. in traffic and like where like people will just pull out right in front of you it, the same like I'm not saying I believe in this but, like, when you see the scene, the, the Truman Show, when he's like, oh, let's go to Vegas, or um, I think it was Vegas? Somewhere. I where he, yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't remember where he was driving to. But he hits the roundabout and goes in this one lane, and all these cars out of nowhere just show up and cause just all this traffic. And, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. That happens to me in real life, too. The fuck? Yeah. Like yeah, but like I said, I'm not I'm not saying I believe in that at all. I mean, I could totally see why people do because we live in we live sort of in this this reality where I mean, cameras are constantly on us, right? Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I can see how people could could feel that way. It does feel like a little bit like we're in a Big Brother special, but like we're all the main character. <laughs> so it's like, it's a lot to focus on. 
But uh, yeah, I, I I totally get that. Uh, it's an interesting syndrome, and it's definitely an interesting theory. Uh, but yeah, like uh, we're not getting as much attention as Truman is, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and give final ratings. Uh, Brandon, what are you giving the Truman Show? Man, I, I feel like there's so much more we can talk about, but we're on kind of a time crunch today. So, um, I mean, this film is an easy five stars for me. It's on my top ten of all time. Uh, just this movie, the more you think about it, I think the the much like it just continues getting better, especially for me. Just like the more I watch, I'm like, okay, I, I'm just so in love with this movie. So, uh, yeah, easy five stars. Nice. Zach, what about you? Yeah, so for me, I think, especially after talking with you guys about and some things, I get, Brandon, I guess you were right, so I am proven wrong. Um, there were a lot of things I, I really didn't notice, so I originally had the movie at four stars, but I'd have to go up for four and a half for the amount of detail in the movie. Nice. Alright. Uh, I'm going to ride that five stars as well with Brandon. This was one of uh, the first few films that I saw uh, off of the Greta Gerwig Barbie watch list, and it instantly shot to the top of like my first, my favorite of the first watches of the of the year. Um, yeah, the 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 layers, the complexity, and all of like the the things that could happen afterwards. It's so intriguing. It's one of those things that has stayed with me. Like I said. I think this movie was very prophetic for its time. Uh, this movie got shafted in awards. We didn't even talk about awards. The only person who got nominated was was Ed Harris, which I was like, I mean, I get, but also like, what? <laughs> uh, the main thing that it really won was screenplay, which completely deserved. So, um, yeah, but like this movie was really kind of ta- treated like it was a kid's movie and it, it was a comedy. And I was like, no, like, like this is a dark, dark movie. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it got a little bit of an unfair treatment. But either way, five stars all around from myself and Brandon. Four and a half. We got Zach up. So uh, <laughs> great job. Uh, and, and if you guys have seen The Truman Show, let us know what you would give it. Let us know your thoughts on it. Uh, and... We are going to move on now <laughs> to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. Zach, what have you seen? What would you recommend? What has been good for you, sir? Oh, man. I, I really hate to keep doing this, but honestly, the only thing I've been watching recently is anime, and that's due to my roommate. So... Um, I watched, uh, and this is, uh, this is kind of like a no brainer because it's, it's something that I feel like is really big in the anime community right now, which is, um, the Jujutsu Kaisen movie. Mm. Um, I watched that. It was fantastic. Uh, I really loved it. You don't have to see season one to watch it. It's prior to season one. Um, the way that the show works actually is, um, like in the timeline, it'd be season two, movie season one. So it's kind of interesting in the way it works, but I will say it was an excellent film. I, I loved it. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Hey Zach, attack on Titan. When 
Uh, soon. Coming soon, I'm sure. That's, oh, yeah. I have that and Demon Slayer coming up. I haven't seen either of those. And those are like the two big ones. And I've been eating a lot of crap from my friends who watch it. And they're like, oh, you, you've seen everything. Like so many other ones, but you haven't seen like the big ones. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I'll have to watch that here pretty soon. Yeah. So uh, what's good for me is um, I've been, I mean, I've been going through and just watching so many movies lately. Um, I got around to finally watching um, Heat. Uh, that movie was actually really, really good. Um, it stars uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, uh, John Boyd. Just, it's just a stacked cast. In my entire time growing up, I thought this movie was like a gangster movie. And it's literally just a movie about this crew pulling, uh, going out and, and like and pulling hits on, uh, pulling like bank heists and all that, and just robbing them clean of money. And like, I did not expect it to take the turn that it did, man. Um, Al Pacino and De Niro kill it in this movie. It's so it's so incredibly good, and I'm so excited that I finally got around to watching it. But uh, I think I ended up giving it four stars, um, which is around I think the same score a lot of people give it. Um, but man, just such a good movie. Um, yeah, nice. Um, this is a unique what's good for me because I haven't seen shit. <laughs> Uh, I've not been to the theater in over a month, and when it comes to watching movies, I just simply have not had the time. Uh, so I'm actually going to recommend something a little bit out of the norm. Um, I am going to recommend a Broadway show, and I've I went to a Broadway show recently. I loved it. The songs are stuck in my head. Y'all know I'm a big musical theater person. So, yes, I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. Even when I'm not listening to it, I hear it. Uh, But I went and checked out Six, the musical on Broadway. Uh, Six is the story of the six wives of Henry VIII. And basically they they redo it as sort of a, uh, a pop music musical. And it's such a such an interesting uh, way of doing that. I thought the 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 actors, the performers were amazing. Um, really great story. Really great fun uh, time at the theater. I don't know if you'll get to see it. Maybe on your national tour. Maybe you can catch like a recording on YouTube or something. But I highly recommend checking out Six the Musical. If if you don't get to see the show. At least listen to the soundtrack because the soundtrack is is insane. Um, but yes, that's that's what's been good for me. I got a chance to see six the musical. Highly, highly, highly recommend. So that that's what's been good for me. Uh, you got Heat for Brandon. You got Jujutsu Kaisen for Zach. Can't go wrong anywhere in that lineup. So check all of those out and. That is what has been good for us here at Film Code. So now, it is that time. My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. Now we know what you're going to get. You're going to need a bigger boat.
Brandon, you had the code word this week. Yes, sir. Remind everyone what your code word was and all of your clues, please. Your code word was hit. The film came out between 2010 and 2015. Contains two MCU actors and two actors who had both had films released in the last two months. And the director has been making films for about 20 years now. All right. Uh, Zach, you are, you got two points on this season, which means you kick us off. What is your guess for the code word? Uh, don't we all have two points, just to be clear? No, I have, four. I have four. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, you do have four. <laughs> okay, so I didn't get much time to look this up, but I do think I have it. Um, I think that, let's see, based on what Brandon said, uh, the movie I am looking at is a 2014 movie. Um, contains two MCU actors and two actors who both had films released in, excuse me, in the last year. Last there, I've actually seen three MCU actors in this movie. Um, John Favreau, Scarlett Johansson, and Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was in Oppenheimer, which released recently. Um, as far as the second actor, um, there's a lot here, but I'm not entirely sure who the other one would be. Um, so I have those as the actors, and then the director is Jean Favreau himself, making movies for about 20 years. Um, it's a little over 20 years, but I went with that. Uh, so the movie I'm looking at is Chef. I'm not sure how it would relate to the code word hit, but it seems like the other ones check like the boxes from what I've seen. So... Uh, my guess is Chef, directed by John Favreau in 2014. Nice. All right. All right. I uh, did not go with Chef, <laughs> but that seems like a really good guess. Um, so the two MCU actors that I have is Chris Evans and Brie Larson, who are both in this movie. I got Michael Sarah, who's in Barbie. And I also have, uh, who's my other actor? Uh, Jason Schwartzman, who was in Asteroid City. So those are those are my two actors. Um, your director has been going at it for almost 20 years. That would be Edgar Wright. Your film is from 2010, and it's hit because there's a lot of fist fighting in this movie, and that is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So that is my choice for the code word. Hey, Sip, you guys are both wrong. Uh, oh, Phoenix man. came very close with uh, Barbie, be- with with Barbie being one of the movies uh, that has one of these actors in the last two months, though. Okay. So, your movie came out in twenty twelve. Mm. It is uh, your actors, your two MCU actors are Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. Mm. And your two actors from the last two months is David Harbour for um, Gran Turismo and America Ferrera for Barbie. Mm. Your director is David Ayer. Your movie Mm. is End of Watch. Wow. (laughs) And it's literally... Is what? End of watch. End of watch. Yep. Literally, literally, like, 
arms dealers put put a, a hit out on these two cops who lost their. Uh, it's the cartel. It, basically, the cartel puts a hit out on them. So hit is your code word. Ah, nice. There's actually three MCU actors in this because it also has Frank Grillo. Oh yeah, yeah. I was looking at the, I was I, I was looking at your main cast. Yeah, catch. Nice. All right. Mm. I've seen in the watch a very good movie. Uh, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> but okay, nice. All right, Brandon. Brandon's uh back on the board. We're tied. Looks like we're gonna have a repeat of last season. Let's hope not. <laughs> All right. Don't count me out. <laughs> Zach, Only a few Zach. points behind both of you, so right. I want to hear it. All right, Zach is always ready to make a comeback, <laughs> even at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I was close, right, last season? <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, good job. All right. Uh, Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on Letterboxd. I'm literally about to go log my 1,000th film. I've definitely seen more than 1,000. I just I keep finding films that I've that I've seen that I've just never shown, marked as watched. But um, I'm keeping it at 9.99 until I go watch this movie. I'm about to go technically watch Jaws for the first time. I saw it when I was a kid, but we're talking like 20 years ago. Wow. So this it's going to be it's gonna, I, I'm counting this as the first time viewing again. So, yeah, thank you guys again for listening. Awesome. Zach, where can everybody find you, sir? You guys can find me on X at Zach Sneath. That is Z-A-C-H-S-N-E-A-T-H. And you guys can find me on Letterboxd at Z Sneaks, which is Z-S-N-E-A-K-S. And you guys can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1, that's the number one, and on Letterbox under PA Clouding. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at FilmCodePod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.